new listeners, and welcome to BioChat, a podcast by AppClonal Technology. You'll hear this introduction for this and every subsequent episode that we do, but since we're brand spanking new, it seems right to let you know who we are and why we're doing this. Hello, my name is Ken Lung. I hold degrees in molecular biology and immunology, and I also earned my doctorate in cancer biology from the University of Chicago. I've loved science ever since I was a kid. I went in thinking I would save the world and win the Nobel Prize and ended up here, which isn't actually a bad thing. It's just the way a career goes sometimes. As a scientific content marketing manager here at AppClonal, my aim is to engage and educate our audience, not only to familiarize you with all the AppClonal catalog products, but also to provide practical, valuable information to help you get through your day-to-day research struggles. Because I've been there from academia to industry and now in marketing, I understand where you're coming from and I want to help make your life a little easier. Maybe generate some ideas for directing your next experimental designs and basically assure you that you have important skills that can be leveraged to advance your career and contribute to improving global human health and quality of life. I do have a lot of teaching and education experience from junior high to high school level, all the way up to graduate students and fellow postdocs. I had a lot of mentorship experience, uh, whether I was training undergrads, uh, graduate students, postdocs, uh, operators in industry. I, I do want to save the world, but this time I'm saving the world by helping you guys save the world. And with me today is our lead marketing coordinator, Hannah Flaherty. Hi, Hannah. Hi, So I'm Hannah Flaherty. I have a background in marketing communications with a degree from Emerson College. I've spent most of my career focused on creative marketing, which has helped me to strive in AppClonal to bring brand awareness and knowledge to researchers everywhere to move the scientific community forward and launch some really cool stuff in coordination with Kin, as well as with the help of the marketing team like our wonderful Dr. Beaker. And I'm excited to be on the beginning of BioChat and talk with you today, Ken. Most of our listeners realize that this is the first ever episode that they're going to hear. Thank you again for subscribing and listening. But we do have some episodes in the can, and I think we're very excited to bring some interviews. Most of these right now are with my friends who are in various capacities in the scientific community, whether they head up a medical hospital, they do basic research in an academic lab or in an industrial setting with a pharmaceutical company. Maybe they're doing something else, like one of my friends is actually a patent lawyer using his scientific knowledge in the legal realm. So what is AppClonal? Well, it was founded in 2011. AppClonal started out based in Wuhan, China, and came to the U.S. in the late 2010s, and since then has done pretty well for itself. Yeah, I believe that we have been rapidly expanding even before I joined. Uh, One of the really cool things about AppClonal is its ability to generate Many, many antibodies. There are thousands, literally thousands of possible targets that customers can use. And if anybody needs it, the company also has vast experience in generating high quality, cost effective custom antibodies to an antigen that you might be interested in, but haven't been able to find a suitable antibody to. The AppClonal brand is expanding around the globe. You might see us at shows, uh, mostly Hannah, sometimes me. But we would love to see you and talk to you and maybe help you further your research. 
And if you are actually interested in hanging out with us on this podcast, we would love to boost your research through however much signal that we have, honestly. What brought you to Clonal, Hannah? Fresh out of my undergrad, I had aspirations like you to change and save the world in some capacity. And having a background in marketing, that's pretty hard to do. You're either going to be at an agency or with a small company or a nonprofit when you leave your, your undergrad and head out into the marketing world. And I really did want to do something that would benefit my fellow man. And so I was looking in the nonprofit sector, which during 20, the 2021 era was uh, not very easy because a lot of companies were still facing COVID restrictions and not hiring as frequently. And so then I decided to change my look and go to somewhere that I could still help, but in a different capacity. And I landed on biotech, specifically biotech companies that were producing reagents to help benefit COVID vaccines. Then I stumbled upon Abclonal and looked into the mission statement and kind of thought myself aligning with a lot of the core values. And once I went through the interview process, I really liked the young company aspect. I liked the people I had talked to in my interviews and seemed like a fun fit and a way to make a small step in changing the world. So here I am two years later, still enjoying it. I don't know if I've changed the world just yet, but I feel like it's a good start. Between the two of us, uh, me driving the content that helps our viewing audience uh, and listening audience now, and also you helping uh, boost our signal through emails, social media, and at the trade shows that you might find us at, at universities and other institutions. It does help to boost the abclonal signal so that we can all help you further your re- own research goals, your aspirations, and maybe you can win the Nobel Prize and I can say, hey, I was part of that. That was cool. So I guess on the flip, Ken, what brought you to abclonal? Back in the day, I did go to college right after high school. I graduated actually very early. I graduated in three years and I went directly to graduate school. And that turned out to be a terrible idea because I was extremely young and immature and didn't know what I was doing. I understood the science. I really enjoyed the science. I didn't like necessarily doing it in that capacity. So I left graduate school with a master's and I decided to work for a little bit and just really live my life. And during that time, I met my wife. We started a family. I worked for a little bit in various capacities in tax preparation. I did financial services. I worked for a resort for a little bit. That was kind of fun. And then I decided, well, I have the scientific background. I really enjoy teaching. I like working with people. I should go back to graduate school. And so that's what I we did. We moved to Chicago, where I went to the University of Chicago. I got my PhD there. Met a lot of wonderful people who I still keep in touch with, highly intelligent, very capable, very passionate in their sciences. And that's actually who I hope to bring to a lot of our listening audience is the people I met along the way, because really the journey is about the friends we made along the way and about our networking and how we can all help each other achieve our own goals, right? I did leave graduate school. So instead of doing a postdoc, because by then I was really tired of pipetting, I taught for a while in uh, urban Chicago. I taught underserved minorities and underserved communities, uh, high school science. We actually developed uh, advanced placement programs at those high schools. 
I actually got to coach baseball, which was really fun because baseball is one of my favorite sports. The kids really enjoyed it. They weren't necessarily the best athletes, but they did have fun. They understood the game. They learned a lot more about the game. And my hope is that we can get more minorities to get into baseball because unfortunately baseball has become a really expensive sport and if you can get more interest and more outreach like places like mlb and various community programs are trying to make inroads into that in a way i want to do that in academics as well because i realize that if you kind of look at academia not a lot of people are people of color who are actually not asian like me And that's really unfortunate. And so I actually entered the program with a very big diversity. Lots of African-American and Latino researchers who are every bit as capable and intelligent as the rest of us. The fact that the program was able to accommodate them was very attractive to me. And I wanted to make sure that the science was accessible, was open to other folks who might not have the same opportunities otherwise. So that is actually part of the impetus for starting this podcast is to not only bring you research breakthroughs, and allow you to find ways to further your research, maybe avenues you hadn't thought of before. But also keep in mind that science should be public. Science should be accessible. Science should be for everyone and inclusive. And just bring in kind of attitude that science is for everyone. And I think that's really my goal here. I feel like a lot of the time science has been thought of as the white man's game. And for one reason or another, I'm glad that there are opportunities to have resources like this that can help push the ideology that accessibility is possible and that accessibility is important. Science isn't for anyone, it's for everyone. And I've always wished that science didn't come across so scary and wasn't taught by old cranky people more people like you who have such empathy when they teach and a great understanding of how to communicate to all different types of students and all different types of learners. So I know that's definitely what turned me away from science was that it always was so rigid in the way it's taught and the way you're supposed to understand it. And there's no real room to explore science in a more creative way, which I feel like isn't that a lot of the later research you want to do is you are thinking creatively about having to solve an issue and, you know, attacking it, that whole hypothesis of it all. Yeah, because when you're in grade school and high school, you're you're learning the basics. You're understanding what has come before. But back in the day, before everybody knew what a mitochondrion was, someone had to discover that mitochondrion and they had to be creative in order to develop the proper microscope at the proper stains in order to isolate and characterize that mitochondrion, right? So now we take those for granted, but back In the day, nobody knew what that was. Barely anybody knew what DNA was until like the late 19th century. And it took another 50 or so years for them to actually crystallize it and figure out the structure. So there is a lot of work behind the scenes into going into those fun facts that you see in your textbook. And you're right. it, It should be fun. It should be exciting. Kids should be able to blow stuff up in lab uh, within reason. You know, you don't want to blow up the school. But (laughs) that's what I try to do in the high schools is actually 
go to the university, say, hey, mentors, I did graduate from university and you know me and you know what I'm all about. I know you're throwing away all these gloves and tubes and pipette men. Give them to me. I'm going to form a lab. And we did. It was a lot of fun to be able to show kids how to use a pipette men. Uh, they pipetted stuff into tubes. They isolated their own cheek cell DNA, things like that. And I think that was super exciting for them. And, you know, you do the normal things where you get to dissect frogs or in our case, we got to dissect minks. And that was extremely disgusting. But it, it was a lot of fun for them because they, they got to open up and explore the anatomy and, you know, dissect owl pellets and things like that. The thing with education is Again, uh, the same thing with science as a whole, accessibility. If you have access to those opportunities, you develop passion. And part of this podcast is to help people realize that it is good to have passion. It is good to be able to speak your mind to everybody, because part of being a good scientist is being able to tell a good story. And I hope that with this podcast, we will be able to tell good stories about potential career paths that are possible with a PhD or any science background, uh, whether you finish with a bachelor's and just get like a lot of work experience or you have an advanced scientific degree, you've been working for a lab for like 20 years. What can you do with your science degree? Maybe you decide to, to go into science policy. Maybe you decide to go back to school and get an MD with your PhD. Who knows? A PhD in any discipline is just a great tool to help us learn how to examine a problem and come up with an effective strategy to find a solution for that problem. And that's really the way I think about a PhD. So when, you know, Bruce Banner tells Thor that he has seven PhDs, you don't really need seven. You just need the one. Yeah. And then uh, you can solve any problem. I think Bruce Banner's just overcompensating a little bit. But hey... With all that in mind, what can listeners expect down the pipe from future podcast episodes? Right. So you've had the luxury of listening to some of our initial draft podcasts with a lot of my friends. My hope is that because I will eventually run out of friends that we can find other not just leading scientists, but scientists that are just starting out because ultimately our company being young. We want to be able to show other young early career researchers that we are relevant and that they are relevant as well. So we want to help them establish a foothold so that they can get funding, they can get a great research topic so that they can get their next grant and recruit postdocs and talented graduate students to, to their lab so that they can continue to contribute to global human health. We did talk about potential career paths. My hope is that we can explore breakthroughs in various bioscience fields, whether it's talking about cancer biology and new therapeutic strategies, whether we're talking about neurobiology, the ability to heal traumatic spinal cord and brain injuries, the ability to prevent and treat neurodegenerative disorders, maybe a little bit about diet and nutrition, because as you know, I'm getting a little older, like I'm, I'm young at heart and young in brain, but I, I feel like I'm forgetting things every now and then. And every time I get up, I, it sounds like a Rice Krispie <laughs> popping in milk, right? It, it's terrible. But what, there's a lot of different fields out there from the really, I wouldn't say popular, but a lot of people, unfortunately, do get cancer and heart disease, uh, so that gets a lot of the resources. And we also want to highlight some of the rarer diseases that might not get as much funding, but that, you know, because of our all-encompassing 
attitude towards inclusivity, we want to include those because those patients also deserve the same level of care. Another thing that we want to talk about is just staying healthy and resilient because science is a long, difficult road. Going through your undergrad was hard enough. Going through a PhD, another step up. And then you know, go into the postdoc. You're going through a faculty application process. You're trying to get a grant. All of that is just stress upon stress weighing on your soul. And maybe there's a way that we can ease your pain in that way. We make sure that you don't get discouraged. You have a great idea. You deserve to be able to broadcast it and continue to research it. And we can find ways to pursue that idea, bring it to fruition, complete the project, add to our global human knowledge base, because the more knowledge that there is, the more science literacy that there is, and then we won't have whatever the last few years was with. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we won't talk about that, but that was yeah. uh, pretty nuts. It was a crazy time to be alive, for sure. Yeah, it all sounds very exciting. And the episodes I have been able to listen to, little uh, spoiler for the listeners, have been very engaging. A lot of cool guests with a lot of different backgrounds. So definitely stay tuned and subscribe so that you can hear some of the amazing people that Ken has had the opportunity to work with. And no matter where you are in your scientific career from, you know, uh, early lab tech to PI, we would love to hear from you academically. And if you're somebody who's left academia and gone into industry, we'd also love to hear from you too. As Kim said, accessibility is the name of the game here and every story and every research deserves to have a platform. So please come forth and share what you want to talk about, whether that's, like Kim said, your breakthroughs, the idea of staying healthy in your PhD experience and other potential career paths. Biochat is, you know, from a capitalist pig standpoint, is just to grab more customers into our company. But honestly, for me, as an overall goal, it's really for everyone because we do speak about science at a high level, but we want to do it in a way that's digestible. And we hope to inspire our listeners to continue the pursuit of a STEM education and a career and ultimately further your own careers in STEM. You inspire the people who work with you, who work under you to continue working in STEM. And what Whether that is directly working in a laboratory or in a support to promote science literacy and accessibility, whether you're doing the science yourself, pipetting in lab, or you're an administrator, you're in policy, you're communicating the science in a TED Talk. We want to hear from you and we want to be able to give you something awesome to listen to. And most of this is just a really convenient excuse for me to get in touch with all the cool people that I've met along the way, my highly intelligent and highly talented scientist friends. But we do welcome calls into the program. We will mention some channels later if you want another sounding board to talk more about your own research and career. But we hope that you listen in. And then if you like what you're hearing, you can definitely contact us. Thank you for having me today, Ken. I know that I don't have that advanced of a scientific background, but I'm happy to have started my career in science. And I've also gotten to meet some really cool people through this. And I'm excited to hear all the future episodes with all the future amazing guest stars. I'm excited to have BioChat launch. Yeah. And, you know, don't worry too much about if you're not a super science savvy person. This is a great opportunity to learn a little bit and to amaze your friends with interesting factoids. (laughs) 
So yeah. we do hope you join us again next time when we will explore more exciting topics in the sciences, particularly the biomedical and biological sciences. BioChat is a production of AppLunal Technology, hosted and edited by myself, Ken Lung. Please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media. And you can find our various socials in the show notes link to Dr. Beaker's page on AppLunal.com. Or you can also find our vast catalog of biological reagents and services. If you wish to contact the podcast directly for an interview opportunity or any comments or to inquire about AppLunal's quality products and services, please send a message to service at appquono.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you on the next episode.